What's up, guys? Cantina Crew here uh, with your co-host, Ethan Brian. Today, we're going to be talking about Bad Batch and cloning. All right. Well, this is a fun topic. Um, it almost feels like I already talked about it. It's been so talked <laughs> about, you know? Um, yes, yeah, so the Bad Batch. Solid stuff. Came out swinging. 71 minutes was the first episode. I gotta say, that was a great episode. That was a treat, you know? I'm glad Star Wars Day was a good day that day, I gotta say. It was a good day. It was a very good day on that day. I'm not gonna lie. Oops, I got a free brownie. I got a free brownie wearing a Star Wars shirt, so. I'll be last year. So, yeah. Bad Batch. Great show. Yeah. So, really I'll enjoy start. the characters. You want to yeah. start with it? I'll start. I think it it definitely surprised me a lot. I from what we saw of these characters in the Clone Wars, I, I was shocked honestly, uh, because they didn't seem too interesting to me. But I also think that's because we just only saw them for like what three episodes. Yeah, they were definitely interesting, but I just feel like the world building for them, or just character development rather, wasn't all there. And like, they're just like, kind of just like, wow, strong clone, cool, make stuff go boom. But now, with the show, we're seeing them truly like develop, and we're seeing like a strong sense of family. Omega, which I think is a, a big thing for Star what Star Wars is. Uh, I'm a big fan of this show so far. It's four episodes, but it's, uh, it's been really good so far. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think the whole aspect of like the family thing is so it's so cool, and it still blows my mind because like how they get it. Even though I mean technically these guys are all individually different compared to the other clones, but, like, they still somehow are able to make her feel like they're similar, but yet different all at the same time. Like, when when I see Hunter, I still, I look at him as if he's, like, like, the father figure of the, like, their family, if you want to say. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, in tech, I would, he, he's kind of, he's... I don't know. I don't know where he would fall in. I I would say I would think he'd probably be more on like the mother like aspect because he also is very important to the group themselves as well. Yeah, I think they're all individually very important to the group. I definitely do think that uh, Hunter is the father figure who kind of like brings everyone together for sure. But yeah, I mean. I, so far with Omega, I, I she's not a bad character. I'd say she's grown on me more as the episodes have gone. But I've heard from uh, a lot of friends and just people in general, they're not too big of a fan of her so far. Yeah, I can see that. Because I definitely, when I was first thinking, like, oh, she's going to be like, a baby Yoda, but the difference is she can talk, and so that's worse because she'll be annoying. However, 
I I found out that really honestly she hasn't really been super like aggravating. I mean, yes, there's certain things, but yet they kind of explain into the show kind of at the beginning, which is kind of what I liked about it. Is that they kind of basically explain the fact that she's grown up on like a laboratory planet, so she really hasn't experienced anything in the outside world. So when she does go wander off, it is kind of more of a understandable thing because she's kind of just mesmerized by everything around her. Yeah. I remember uh, a lot of complaints that I've heard about her because mainly just her voice and that you know she's annoying, like you had said. But mm-hmm. I, I think because uh, that actually happened with Ahsoka Tano when she first debuted in the Clone Wars TV show. A lot of people did not like her. But as time went on, she's now a fan favorite. And honestly, I I think the same thing is probably going to happen with Omega. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where she's going so far because I've seen some theories about it that she's going to be, she or rather, she's the, she has all the abilities of the Bad Batch. Because uh, they have enhanced abilities, uh, Hunter has like a better tracking. I want to say it is. Yeah. Wrecker has like increased strength, and we've seen Omega do or use like all of these like individual abilities so far. I mean, except for the strength one, obviously. But like, yeah. <laughs> but twelve. <laughs> <laughs> He punches a guy, he goes flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair point, but who knows? Maybe when she's older, you know. Yeah, maybe we'll see it. Maybe we'll see it at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Omega becomes a bodybuilder. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I think, the name Omega as well. Uh, is a bit symbolic. Like it could be, it could like have tendencies of perfection. I guess you could say. Mm. You want to go off that? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Be like the Omega clone, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the top one. Yeah. But uh, you know, it it's just another example of like a character that's been written well, and you see that time and time again now with Dave Filoni, who now is the executive creative director, quite a title. Um, And you see it because he's been able to develop from being just kind of an animator working under George to then becoming a uh, full-fledged show-running director for the Rebels. And then he pretty much was a writer and director with John Favreau for The Mandalorian. Now you see him now coming back to the Clone Wars and with uh, the Bad Batch and that you see how like the like just the writing and the stories are like so much better than what they probably were like beginning of the Clone Wars back in the 2000s and that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, his writing it's definitely come a long way. I honestly do believe, like you said, him working with John Favreau on The Mandalorian has definitely helped a lot. I, I feel that because John Favreau uh, is a big director and writer, he's um 
directed the Iron Man movies and a lot of like uh, the Marvel Cinematic movies. Um, so I definitely do think that a lot of that has rubbed off on him. But I also do think that it just experience itself just in the field has also helped. I I really do feel that Dave Filoni uh, truly embodies what Star Wars is. Um, you know. Absolutely. He's definitely, I think he's figured out and understood how Star Wars is, how people, what people like people actually like Star Wars and why they enjoy it so much. Like, uh, like pretty much similar to like George says that Star Wars is for kids, but how Dave Filoni makes it out is that Star Wars um, allows you to become a kid. And allows you to go back to being like in your childhood self, you know? Yeah. It it definitely does, you know. <laughs> even still, I remember even for the sequels, as bad as they were, I remember sitting there for the um, Rise of Skywalker and just totally nerding out and feeling like like my 10-year-old self again. And just, it really did make me happy. It it really does just bring something out in me that not a lot of other things could. And, you know, I'm very grateful for it. When the Mandalorian shows up, you know, you just, it's like, it's almost like it's just some like instinct in you where you get like excited and you're like, you're, you're kind of hyped up to, go on the next adventure with the guy and go with Grogu and uh, and um, Mandalorian and that. So, and like even with, it goes back to like, even back to like the old ones with like a new hope in that where you see like, like the, the adventure aspect, you know, like there's something about going on that adventure with the people, like with Luke Skywalker and that going out, to new places with new friends and that and it's very weird and very fun all along the way but it it's just fun that's that i think that's the thing that we forget about is that star wars is about being fun it's about being an exciting fun adventure another thing too is i feel like it's also meant to bring people together you know exactly it's just we're all like one big collective family. Like the one thing that can connect a lot of us is Star Wars. Even if you like the prequels, the originals, the sequels, whatever it is, it at the end of the day, it's just Star Wars. And a big thank you has to go to Dave Filoni, the man who's been who's embodied George Lucas's work. Yeah. He is, he really has, I think he really has, in a sense, now I don't really like saying this too often, but he has really saved Star Wars in a sense. He's made it, he's made shows in that that make people excited and still feel like a kid when they go and see something that has to do with Star Wars. Yeah, I agree, honestly. I think the TV shows have definitely done a number for helping uh, 
you know, the sequels were a bit disappointing for many. And I think, you know, the main issue with that was because it was a different director for each movie writing them. And so it just really just messed up what the plan was. Whereas having one person, or I guess at least two people who are working together, uh, it definitely does a lot. And honestly, I mean, nothing against the sequels, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy out of those. However, I think one of the biggest things with those is that a lot of the story aspect of it does, it kind of forgets about like the adventure and the fun of it, you know? Like, not for anything. There's some, and there's some fun stuff in Last Jedi, but like, I'm not, I'm not having the same fun adventure that I would be having with like when I'm watching like just one episode of The Mandalorian. Like if they're going to fight some giant sandworm with a bunch of guys, like you're not finding that like as fun in the sequels. You're getting oh, Ray's going on a train, and Finn and them are just chilling out on a ship. No one's doing anything, and yeah. I think that. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that is lost with the sequels. But I think you can find that with yeah. Dave Filoni and that. All right. Uh, to wrap things up, do you want to give your rating of The Bad Batch so far? Well, The Bad Batch so far, I'm going to be the mean guy. I'm going to have to give it an 8 out of 10. Not, I usually I take off one point just for improvement. And... I'll give eight because the episodes are not long enough. You know, for being a mean guy, that's a very uh, nice thing, I got to say. <laughs> uh, for me personally, I got to go with a nine out of ten. I, I honestly do agree the episode length is a bit odd. I feel like that 71-minute episode, uh, minute episode definitely messed with us and gave us the expectation that we're going to have super long episodes. But uh, And now they've been like 20 or 30 minutes. But I'd go 9 out of 10 because I do, while I do love this show, I can't give it 10 out of 10 for a few reasons. The first one being that there isn't enough of it yet. There's only four episodes. I, I can only give it 10 out of 10 when the show is complete. Or yeah. at least when the season is complete. Um, another thing, too, is that these past few episodes, there have been, like, some slow points. It's still been entertaining, but eh, I don't know. It, it, they haven't really progressed the story too much. So just kind of waiting on that before I give my, uh, you know, final verdict. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, there's still more to be seen. So, 14 episodes. Well, I think that pretty much about wraps it up. Yeah, I think so. so. This has been fun. Thanks for listening to the Cantina Crew. This has been Brian Schmacko and uh, Ethan York. Um. Catch you guys next time. Catch you next time. 
And uh, should we do it? Should we say the classic Star Wars line at the very end? Should might we give a little? Well. Might as well. Yeah. May the force be with you. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See you later.